0: Section thirty of the American Book of the Dog. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The American Book of the Dog, G. O. Shields, editor. Section thirty, the Dandy Dinmont Terrier by John H. Naylor the dandy Dinmont terrier is but little known in america to others than fanciers it is difficult to understand why he is not more popular for although not handsome he is one of the brightest most active and vivacious of all the terrier family the liking for him invariably grows as one becomes more acquainted with his good qualities for he embodies all that goes to make up a good workmanlike terrier with an admirable disposition for a companion for a lady or a gentleman or as a playmate for children in europe the breed is now one of the most fashionable and the entries at bench shows excel those of most other breeds of terriers until the year eighteen fourteen when the great novelist sir walter scott wrote guy mannering the breed was unknown by its present name the general opinion is that scott drew the character of the hero in guy mannering from james davidson a farmer of hindley in the foothills of the teviotdale mountains yet it is a question whether at the time scott wrote guy mannering he really portrayed davidson or whether the identity was accidental be that as it may the likeness was so perfect that davidson was ever afterward known as dandy dinmont among his neighbors and acquaintances james davidson certainly fitted the character to perfection he was a great hunter especially of foxes and badgers and his terriers which became celebrated for their gameness were generally named pepper or mustard such as old pepper or young pepper old mustard or young mustard according as their color was james davidson died in january eighteen twenty and his fondness for hunting was strong to the end the hounds having started a fox which ran near his window while he lay on his deathbed, he insisted on getting out of bed to enjoy the fun as he called it that davidson was the originator of this now celebrated breed of dogs is not generally believed but they have ever since borne his nickname it is believed that they were in the hands of border gypsies and farmers many years before dr brown writing of one of his dogs says he came of the Piper Allen breed, who lived some two hundred years ago in Coquay water. Allen was a Piper, like Homer, traveling from place to place, and famous for his dogs, music, and songs. The Earl of Northumberland offered the Piper a small farm for his dog. Allen remarked, Na, na, me lord, keep your firm. What win a Piper do with a firm? It is said by Mr. Robert White that the father of Jamie Allen, piper allen was named william and was born in seventeen hundred four he was a player on the bagpipes and repaired pots and pans and made spoons and baskets he was an excellent angler and among his other pursuits he excelled in the hunting of otters and kept eight or ten terriers for this sport Peacham was william allen's favorite and such confidence had he in the animal that when hunting he would at times remark when my peachum geese mouth I durst always sell the otter skin. Charlie was also an excellent dog. William Allen had once been employed by Lord Ravensworth to kill otters on the estate, which he soon accomplished. His lordship wishing to buy Charlie at the piper's own price, Allen turned round haughtily and exclaimed, "By the wounds, this hale estate canna buy Charlie." William Allen died in 1779 aged seventy-five years his son jamie was born in seventeen thirty four mister j davidson an old fancier of the breed published a letter in the field london of december seventh seventeen seventy eight which sheds more light on the question as to how james davidson the original dandy dinmont came into possession of his first dandies than we have been able to obtain from any other source he says the border muggers were great breeders of terriers and in their wanderings the different tribes would meet once or twice a year at some of the border villages if they could not get a badger they would try their dogs on a foo wildcat or a hedgehog jock anderson the head of the tribe had a red bitch that for such work beat all the dogs that came over the borders gordy fa had a wire-haired dog that was the terror of all the dogs in the district and that was good at badger fox or fumar a badger had been procured and both the bitch and dog drew the badger every time gordy Faw said to jock anderson let's have a big drink the man first down to lose his dog done says jock down they sat on the green and in eighteen hours jock was laid out and gordy started off with the dogs they were mated and produced the first pepper and mustard which were presented by gordy to james davidson dandy dinmont many years ago e bradshaw smith brought up all the good dandies he could lay his hands on and even offered mr milness to cover old jenny with five pound notes if he could have her but the offer was refused he however bought up many of the then famous kennels and dandies whose pedigrees show them to contain this blood are eagerly sought after by breeders of the present day the dandy dinmont is a very game dog some few specimens that have been spoiled in their puppyhood may show the white feather and this may be true of any other breed but this is far from being the rule with the dandy he is not a quarrelsome dog but once aroused he goes in to win and is sure to give a good account of himself many instances of dandies worrying each other in their kennels have been noted i have suffered myself from this my border clinker killed bonnie Britton in midday and neither made the least noise that old breeder mr sumner owned the famous shem whose father and brother are said to have been found dead in a drain in which the hounds had run a fox the drain had three entrances the father was put in at one hole the son at another and speedily the fox bolted out the third but no appearance of the little terriers and on digging they were found dead locked in each other's jaws they had met and it being dark and there being no time for explanations they had throttled each other in closing i must say that any one wishing a hardy terrier one fit for all kinds of work a companion for himself or children cannot find anything better than a dandy dinmont the more they become known the more their merits will be appreciated i speak from years of experience with this breed having imported some of the finest blood known and more dandies have passed through my hands and more prizes have been won by my dogs than by those of all other breeders in america combined following is the standard of points of the dandy dinmont terrier as defined and adopted by the south of scotland dandy dinmont terrier society the relative values of several points in the standard are apportioned as follows head value ten eyes ten ears ten neck five body twenty tail five legs and feet ten coat fifteen color five size and weight five general appearance five total one hundred head strongly made and large not out of proportion to the dog's size the muscles showing extraordinary development more especially the maxillary skull broad between the ears getting gradually less toward the eyes and measuring about the same from the inner corner of the eye to back of skull as it does from ear to ear the forehead well domed the head is covered with very soft silky hair which should not be confined to a mere topknot and the lighter in colour and silkier it is the better the cheeks starting from the ears proportionately with the skull have a gradual taper toward the muzzle which is deep and strongly made and measures about three inches in length or in proportion to skull as three is to five the muzzle is covered with hair of a little darker shade than the topknot and of the same texture as the feather of the forelegs the top of the muzzle is generally bare for about an inch from the back part of the nose the bareness coming to a point toward the eye and being about one inch broad at the nose the nose and inside of mouth black or dark colored the teeth very strong especially the canine which are of extraordinary size for such a small dog the canines fit well into each other so as to give the greatest available holding and punishing power and the teeth are level in front the upper ones very slightly overlapping the under ones all undershot and overshot specimens will not be recognized by the society eyes set wide apart large full round bright expressive of great determination intelligence and dignity set low and prominent in front of the head color a rich dark hazel ears large and pendulous set well back wide apart and low on the skull hanging close to the cheek with a very slight projection at the base broad at the junction of the head and tapering almost to a point the fore part of the ear tapering very little the taper being mostly on the back part the fore part of the ear coming almost straight down from its junction with the head to the tip. They are covered with a soft, straight brown hair, in some cases almost black, and have a thin feather of light hair starting about two inches from the tip, and of nearly the same color and texture as the topknot, which gives the ear the appearance of a distinct point. The animal is often one or two years old before the feather is shown. The cartilage and skin of the ear should not be thick, but rather thin length of ear from three to four inches neck very muscular well developed and strong showing great power of resistance being well set into the shoulders body long strong and flexible ribs well sprung and round chest well developed and let well down between the four legs the back rather low at the shoulder having a slight downward curve and a corresponding arch over the loins with a very slight gradual drop from top of loins to root of tail both sides of backbone well supplied with muscle tail rather short say from eight to ten inches and covered on the upper side with wiry hair of darker color than that of the body the hair on the under side being lighter in color and not so wiry with a nice feather about two inches long getting shorter as it nears the tip rather thick at the root getting thicker for about four inches then tapering off to a point it should not be twisted or curled in any way but should come up with a regular curve like a scimitar the tip when excited being in a perpendicular line with the root of the tail it should neither be set on too high nor too low when not excited it is carried gaily and a little above the level of the body legs the four legs short with immense muscular development and bone set wide apart the chest coming well down between them the feet well formed and not flat with very strong brown or dark-coloured claws bandy legs and flat feet are objectionable but may be avoided the bandy legs by the use of splints when first noticed and the flat feet by exercise and a dry bed and floor to the kennel the hair on the fore legs and feet of a blue dog should be tan varying according to the body color from a rich tan to a pale fawn of a mustard dog they are of a darker shade than its head which is a creamy white in both colors there is a nice feather about two inches long rather lighter in color than the hair on the fore part of the leg the hind legs are a little longer than the fore ones and are set rather wide apart but not spread out in an unnatural manner while the feet are much smaller the thighs are well developed and the hair of the same colour and texture as the fore ones, but having no feather or dew-claws the whole claws should be dark but the claws of all vary in shade according to the colour of the dog's body coat this is a very important point the hair should be about two inches long that from skull to root of tail a mixture of hardish and soft hair which gives a sort of crisp feel to the hand the heart should not be wiry the coat is what is termed piley or pencil the hair on the under part of the body is lighter in color and softer than on the top the skin on the belly accords with the color of the dog color the color is pepper or mustard the pepper color ranges from a dark bluish black to a light silvery gray the intermediate shades being preferred the body color coming well down the shoulder and hips gradually merging into the leg color the mustards vary from a reddish brown to a pale fawn the head being a creamy white the legs and feet of a shade darker than the head the claws are dark as in other colors nearly all dandy dinmont terriers have some white on the chest and some have also white claws size the height should be from eight to eleven inches at the top of the shoulder length from top of shoulder to root of tail should not be more than twice the dog's height but preferably one or two inches less weight from fourteen pounds to twenty four pounds the best weight as near eighteen pounds as possible these weights are for dogs in good working order end of section thirty